Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. Yeah, this is Palm Sunday, and um, it's the Sunday before Easter as we come the first day of the week that Jesus is crucified and died and then raised to new life. It's the Sunday where we know Jesus walks into Jerusalem really against his disciples' wishes because they knew Jerusalem was one of the most dangerous places for Jesus to be in. But before Jesus stepped into that moment, he stepped into an unexpected moment that's called the triumphal entry. It's a moment with the crowds where they gathered around and celebrated Jesus and they declared him as king and a deliverer. And, you know, many times we long for that, you know. People would uh, encourage us or cheer us on. You know, maybe that moment where we feel like people finally see us, where they value us and celebrate us. In fact, we, we live in a country that's driven by cheers and applause, that's for sure. But I want us to step into this moment with Jesus, and I want to, us to walk with him into this triumphal entry and to see through him. And today that you've got to know that God sees you. He sees you. He sees every one of you today. He knows where you are at. He knows what you are going through and what you're up against. And as we go to Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 and following today, I want us to look here on this famous portion of Scripture on the triumphal entry. And it says, as they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says to you, say the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see, your king comes to you, gentle, riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went, and they did just as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. And a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And so when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? And the crowd answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. You know, if you were writing a story of a great hero and telling an incredible epic tale, this would seem to be the most culminating moment, especially in the life of Jesus Christ. This was the moment where Jesus was celebrating his triumphal entry. It was the moment they declared him to be their king and their deliverer. And if you know this story, it's at this moment that everything begins to change and everything begins to shift. And I wondered in reading this is, what was it like for Jesus to be in this moment where he is so celebrated, where the crowds are drawn to him? What was it like for Jesus when he heard the cheers of the masses knowing he had to walk through the crowd and to stand alone for the crowd? Because it's in this moment that Jesus decided to abandon the cheers of the people so that he would not abandon us. And it's in this moment that Jesus had every temptation, every opportunity to be celebrated without sacrifice. You know, I wonder how many times in our own lives 
we thought our best moments were the moments that everyone celebrated us. In fact, how many times in our life do we measure our success and our value and our importance by what other people tell us, like, you're awesome, you're amazing. I wonder how many times in our life that we actually stepped and relented stepping into our purpose and the true intention why God sent us here to this earth, stepping into a moment that would actually matter for us because this moment was Jesus' easiest moment, but not his most significant moment. Jesus was able to step through this moment to the moment that is absolutely going to change absolutely everything. And it begins to shift. And today, I want us to talk about this for the next few moments, yeah, that God sees us, but to see your story in God's story that comes out in this story of the triumphal entry. And we need to know who you are. You and I need to know who we are in the story and the purpose why God has called us here. It's not incidental, really, at the end of the story. It's in verse 10, it says, when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city, it says, was what? Stirred, right? Uh, you love that language because there's a lot of imagery. The whole city is stirred. It, it reminds me of the Lion King, Mufasa, <laughs> right? Jesus enters Jerusalem and everyone is stirred. I mean, the crowds are gathering and they know something is happening. But who is this? Who is this really happening? It's like when you and I are in a crowd of people that, that we see, well, maybe we, we can't see who's on the other side, but the crowd is moving, but somebody's on the other side of the crowd and they're, they're, they're moving and the whole city is stirred. That's what's taking place here in the triumphal entry. And people are asking, who is this? And the crowd, the people, they have an answer. They have an answer. Interesting, the crowd didn't let Jesus answer that this is Jesus. No, they said this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Everything they said was true. Yeah, he was the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. And if the story ended there, and if this was his last choice, then he would never get to what he would do for us on Good Friday. If the story of Jesus ended in the triumphal entry, Jesus would remain Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee, but the world did not need Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. The world needed someone to save them from their sins. See, what the world needed was not Jesus who entered Jerusalem in that moment just as the prophet, but it was Jesus who would go all the way to the cross for you and I. And I think many times there's a great danger in all of our lives that we can learn from the lesson of the triumphal entry in Jesus, and that is don't accept a lesser definition of who you are. I wonder if you're here and you feel lost today because you spent your whole life living for affirmation and adoration and the acceptance of others. There are some here maybe you have no idea who you are because maybe you've spent your whole life trying to be who everyone else thinks you should be, right? What everybody else has an opinion of you and you begin to live that story rather than the story why God sent you here to this earth and the purpose that he's written in your life and maybe all that you've known is just a reflection of other people in their eyes that they see you, but maybe your soul is hollow and empty and I'm, I want to let you know that that is no respecter of age, that's for sure. 
Like when you're young, you think you got the world by the tail and you know all that's gonna happen and all of those things. And then as you grow older, I see this in people as well that, you know, they go through life and as they grow older, they think, well, what, what am I, why am I here? And I, you get lost in, in everything that's around you, the minutia, you get lost in, wow, why am I really here? And I see that, that this is no respecter of age because you need to be careful. If you don't know who you are, you're gonna get lost and you're gonna get confused also, you must know who you are becoming. You gotta know who you're becoming. And, and, and the only way you will ever be what everyone needs you to be is when you become who God created you to be. I'm gonna say that again. The only way you will ever be what everyone needs you to be is when you become who God created you to be first. And I think that's a huge part of the human dilemma, that's for sure. Who am I, right? Really, who am I? Maybe more importantly than that is, who are you becoming today? Who is it that you're becoming on the inside? Because you and I are not static. We cannot see it now, but who are you becoming in your day-to-day -day walk with the Lord Jesus Christ? You know, one of the most painful things in the world is to spend so much time and energy becoming what you thought someone else wanted you to be just to try to earn their love. And you work so hard trying to become that and you're still not enough and they still walked away. I think that's why God does this story the way he does what God has offered us. It just seems totally crazy. It seems so absurd that he didn't leverage anything in his direction, that's for sure. He said, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna pay the complete price for your freedom and your forgiveness and, and, I, and I'm gonna do everything necessary for you even if you do not want me to do it. And if you never even ask me to do it, that I am going to do it, that I am going to love you without any exception. I'm gonna love you without any condition. With, who begins a relationship like that, right? Who, who does that? We don't do that, right? I mean, listen, you, you've dated. You know how dating works. Well, some of you are, maybe we have some kids in here. Hopefully you've not dated, but your parents are gonna tell you to wait on that. But, but those of you that are adults, you know, the only way to get a second date is you, if you effectually don't show the real you on the first date. <laughs> Am I talking truth now? I mean, I mean, really, right? You know that, right? Right? You, what happens is we got to go on a few more dates so I, I can kind of reveal a little bit more of who I am. You can't tell somebody you're an axe murderer on the first date. <laughs> right? It's being funny. All right. You begin to show that this is who I really am. This is who I really am. God said, I'm going to reverse the whole process of this with you as humanity. I see you for who you are. God loves you for who you are first. And I want you to think about, as you go through this week, how incredibly liberating that is to our lives. That there is someone who sees you, that he knows you, he knows every flaw about you, every crack, everything in your life where you are shattered and everywhere that you are broken. God sees all the darkness in you. He knows today the struggle that you are in and he still loves you without condition. You're too quiet, church. You're too quiet this morning. He still loves you without condition. Yeah. 
Amen? He cares about you and your brokenness and your darkness. Well, wait, 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 wait a minute, Pastor. Wait, wait, you got to. No, no, he wants you to clean up. He's there to help you through the work of your spirit to clean up and ask for forgiveness. Yeah, that's a part of it too. But he loves you without condition. This is a message that needs to be heard in our land today, in our world, and in our communities. God loves you without condition, right? He doesn't say, wait a minute, before I really accept you and love you, we've got to fix a whole lot of stuff in you. Until you, we, you change your life, we can't go on a second date. No, no, not with God. God says, this is how I love you, exactly as you are. You don't need to become anything to receive from God what he has for you. And we have to realize that it, his love is so amazing and so profound. It's so deep. It's out of love that we become who God wants us to be. It's out of his love for us that we become who he has called us to be. So when you find your identity and you know who you are, when you don't spend your life trying to please everybody else, you become the one that God created you to be. You're not lost anymore. You're no longer a number. You're no longer a piece of data on a computer somewhere. In the midst of this, you stand unique you are known and you are valued today because of what he's done for you. Jesus stood in the crowd and they're asking, who is this? They had answers, but Jesus knew the answer that they needed. But they couldn't even see it yet because he was not yet the one who had died for them to liberate them from all their sorrow and their loneliness and despair. They couldn't see that. So, but if he, Jesus, would have allowed himself to be stuck in this moment, he would have never stepped into the moment that changed everything for every single one of us. What am I telling you today is don't lo lose the moments that God has for you. How many of you know life can change that fast? That fast. And we don't think about it until it's after a problem or after a tragedy, after something. It's... Don't lose the moment that you are in today that God has for you in your life. Don't lose the moment where God has given you an incredible opportunity to be used by him today in your life and in your family and in your, your workplace and on your campus. Don't lose the moment where you will make the greatest impact upon the world. Don't get pulled in by Everybody's saying how amazing you are. If Jesus would have allowed himself to do that, he would have been stuck in that moment and never went to the cross for us. You need to know who you're becoming, but you also need to know the story you are in. It's a peculiar part of the story in verse two. Jesus says to his disciples, go to the village ahead of you and at once you will find a donkey tied up with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you like you're stealing my donkey, my colt, the Lord needs them, he says, and they, they will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets. It says, verse 5, say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you gentle, riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. 
It happened exactly as Jesus had said because Jesus understood the story that he was in in his life. Jesus knew he was in the story that God was writing to tell throughout history. So he quotes the words of the prophet and he says to them, there is a way that God wants this to be done. There's a story that my father is writing and I am in the middle of that story. So what I need for you to do is I need for you to go find this donkey, the colt that's there. And when someone questions you, you tell them that he needs them. Why? Because that person knows that they're in a bigger story, that they're in the story of God as well. Isn't it amazing? Sometimes we're doing things that are just menial because just God told us to do it. And we think it's not sometimes making any difference. But let me tell you something. You and I are in the story of God. And he has continued to write the story in our life. We think it's menial. Go get this donkey. Go get this colt. Go, yeah, and bring them back to me. We think, well, it's just menial. But let me tell you something. God is seeing you in your everyday task and what you're doing. And it is being done for him and his glory and his kingdom and his purpose. Because God, you're in the middle of God's story. You're right there. And sometimes we lose that in our life that really what I'm doing is making a difference. You know, God will surround you with the unexpected because there are people who are in the story of God and you're in the story of God who will show up in your life just when you need them. You ever found that to be true? By the way, you show up in their life just when they need you. But I wonder today, what story are you in? If you don't know what story and you're gonna end up being in somebody else's story and it's not the story that God has for you. You know, you're gonna get wrapped up in their intentions and where they think you should do and where they think you should go and what you should do tomorrow and their, their opinions and all of those things. And when you're in the story of God, you realize that you are part of something bigger and greater than yourself. And your life becomes so profound that you realize that your story is connected to a story that absolutely transcends history. That Jesus is walking into Jerusalem and they think this is an isolated moment in history. You ever felt that way? Well, this is an isolated moment. It's absolutely irrelevant. I want you to know that it's not. Moments where you think you're not connected to a, a bigger story when in reality you are connected to a greater story that God is writing a big story and you are a part of it. So why does Jesus tell the story of this way? Why, why does he insist on riding into Jerusalem on a dog and a colt? Why would you march into Jerusalem in this moment and be remembered as riding a donkey in the triumphal entry? The disciples should have given the recommendation, shouldn't they? Jesus, this is, the, this is your moment. This is it. This is coming. You're going to ride in there. It's a dangerous place. You need to go in with strength, and you need to go in with power, and you need to, there are, there are no epic teams named the donkeys. Come on, Jesus. There are no epic teams like this. They're, they're not out there, right? Come on, get on a white horse and ride into Jerusalem. Because why? Because that's about power. This is who you should be. But Jesus knew the story he was in. And my fear is there are many believers that have forgot what story they're a part of. The story that they are in, the story that you and I are in, is powerful. And we've lost sight of that many times. But Jesus knew. Jesus knew this, that 
It was a story of compassion. It was a story of gentleness, full of humility. It is the story of servanthood. He, he always knew the story of God was a story of a donkey and a colt. He always knew that. Because you know why? God doesn't need to make himself bigger than he is. God is big enough. He's big enough to tie a towel around his waist and wash his disciples' feet. He's big enough to enter Jerusalem with humility. He's big enough. He's big enough that he gave his life for you and for me. You and I, maybe we'll never say thank you. He's big enough today to set you free. You may even choose to stay in captivity. He's big enough to take on your rebellion, your anger, and your bitterness, and he's able to love you still. The story of God is a a story of serving. That's it, first and foremost. You and I are going to have to know what story we're a part of and what story we are playing because our life matters today. And some of you are going about your life and you think, well, this is just menial. It's not really making a difference. No, what you're doing right now matters. And the moments where God has you are moments that are powerful that we can't see. He has you in places today. You're wondering why God has you in a place, in a certain place, and you're wondering, well, God, where are you in this? God is right there in the middle of the story with you today. And your life is making a difference. And that his love is the difference maker in our life, that he loves us in spite of what we're going through and the struggle of our heart today. God is always big enough. He doesn't have to go out there and try to prove it. It just is who he is, and that's what he's called you and I to do, and that's how he's called you and I to live. You ever heard of these classified files where, you know, something is taken out and you can't see it's blacked out, it's like redacted? Like you can't see it, right? And we always want to see that, don't we? We're like, I just wonder what was there. It's blacked out. Man, that's, that's going to be interesting, but we never get to see it, right, because we're not privy to that. And, and it's blacked out. It's been redacted. They're, they're hard to read. They don't give you. don't get the whole story. There, there are some of you wondering why your story isn't bigger than it is. It's because you are living a redacted life. That you and I, when we step out of this place and the story of God in your life, many times people cannot read it. It's not that... The story isn't there. It's just that you don't let anybody see it. Because why? You're being, you're afraid. You're fearful of what people around you are, are going to say because the acceptance of the crowd matters more to you than telling the story that God has written in your life. And it's at that moment we have to realize that we need to get rid of that and uncover the story that is hidden within you. There are people trying to make sense of God, but You are the only story that they will ever read. You're the only language they speak. So if they cannot read the story of God in you, they conclude there's no story for anyone. But then there's this culminating moment in verse 8. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road, The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna 
to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And, and, and I love this declaration because it's true about Jesus, that Jesus is worthy of everything they are saying. What is so profound in this moment is that they're making a declaration of worship, but they actually don't understand what they're really talking about. They were happy. They're satisfied with Jesus, but in who he is at that moment. And if Jesus would have, would have just embraced the cheers of the crowd, he would never have become what he needed for us to be. And also, to see your story and God's story, you must know why you're here as the worship team is coming. Even when you're in the middle of the crowd, you should never conform to the crowd. You have to, and I have to know why I am here. That you and I need to come and stand in your story and your purpose and your intention that Jesus gave up the cheers of the crowd because he was unwilling to give up on us. Are you with me, church? Jesus gave up a whole lot for us. That's for sure. And we're tempted many times to just stay living in what we think people think we should do and keep living in the opinions of others. When Jesus walked into that city, he continued to walk through that city on his way to the cross. Because why? Our lives matter to him. You and I need to know why we're here. Why are we here? This was Jesus' most famous moment, but it was not his greatest moment. Because if Jesus' story ended here, we would not have hope today. We would not have the freedom that we really need. We would not know what it means to have forgiveness and acceptance and grace and unconditional love to our lives. If, if Jesus' story ended there, our story would be over already. But when Jesus stepped through the crowd to the cross, he decided to leave behind the acceptance of the crowd to become what we desperately needed him to be for us, and that is our Lord and that is our Savior today. He walked away from the cheers of the crowd to hang to the jeers of the crowd. No palm branches, no cheering. Jesus died alone, betrayed by his friends and followers. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I hope this story grips your heart because I think we can come to Easter many times and we can forget what happened before the cross and the resurrection. We forget the price that was paid, the giving up of his will in the Garden of Gethsemane. Because why? Because Jesus refused to be held captive by all the accolades of the crowd. He stepped through it to the cross for you and me. So today, who are you? Who are you becoming? 
Who are you today? Who do you want to become in him? He, he has a plan for your life today. Oh, people have a plan for your life today, but his plan is more important and powerful than any other plan that any other person on this earth could give to you. God has a plan and God has a purpose for you. Are you hiding or are you living for the good of others? Are you, are you serving? Are you serving? Are we serving like Jesus has called us to serve? A follower of Jesus is a servant. Amen? So the church isn't supposed to be this area, this community where you just kind of disappear in. This is a movement. We are alive. This is, a, this is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ that is moving forward. We can't get stuck in, in menial things that we think, oh, if I can just stay here, maybe there's something in your life today God is speaking to you and you're just stuck in a moment of time and God says, no, I need you to go through that moment of time and I need you to continue to walk towards me and the plan that I have for you. Don't get stuck in the accolades of other people. It's great to be encouraged, but don't get stuck and held captive to what everybody else thinks you should do and become. But live for the one. You and I are to become visible and powerful as we live out our story before him, that God sees you today where you are at. God loves you where you are at today. He cares for you in this season of your life. If you just take a moment as we just reflect on this story today and what God may be saying to you right now through this story of the triumphal entry to be reminded of what Jesus has done for you and for me and who we are becoming as we leave this place. Father, speak to our hearts today, Lord. But Lord, you've not called us to hide in crowds and disappear in certain movements, but God, that you have called us to be visible visible even when it's unpopular even when we think we have a better plan than you God you are calling us through the crowd Lord to continue to move forward in the plan that you have for us God that today that we would know why we're here we would know who we are becoming and we can know that in this moment God that you love us in spite of what we're going through, in spite of what we've done. Yeah, you don't want us to stay there, locked into that moment, but God, you wanted us to become more like you. You're, you're gentle and you're kind and you're full of compassion this morning. And that, Lord, we would know the moments that you have given us are powerful moments. They're not just menial tasks but Lord, they're connected to a greater story that it's a story that we're in the middle of the story that you're writing, God. So Lord, we look to you today. We thank you for who you are in us. And I pray that as we go through this holy week ahead, as we prepare our hearts for Good Friday, as we prepare our hearts for Resurrection Sunday, that God, we would be reminded this week of what you've done for us and the greatest moment that you did for us, Lord, on the cross. 
and that you didn't stay there, but you rose again. Lord, I pray today that we would we would be drawn into this story, Lord, and be reminded that the crowd didn't fully get it right at first because they couldn't see, Jesus, what you were going to do. But Lord, we now, on the other side of the cross, can see what you have done for us, and we stand amazed, and we are thankful today, and we give you praise, and we give you the glory, and we give you the honor with our life and who we're becoming in their story. So Father, we thank you and we praise you this morning. And thank you, Lord. I pray this week, Lord, you're going to send us into people's lives at just the right time. People are gonna come into our lives this week at just the right time, at just the right moment. It's not by faith, but God, you are there because you're planning ahead and you're doing a work and there are gonna be powerful moments that are connected into God's stories. I pray that our hearts and our minds would be aware of them this week. Father, we praise you. We thank you for what you wanna do next weekend on Resurrection Sunday that God, we are praying for. We're praying for families to be changed. We're praying for lives to come to you. I'm praying for complete entire households to come to you, Lord Jesus, next weekend. Lord, we're believing that there's gonna be life change that's gonna take place, but not only here, but all throughout the world, Lord. So, Father, I thank you for that, and we're reminded of the truth of your word. Thank you that you came to save us, set us free out of captivity, Lord, and into freedom. And for that, Lord, we give you praise and we give you the honor. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everyone said, amen and amen. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.